Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sock Bun Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. I know that it's almost the end of April, but we need to do the March roundup. Ted Lasso has been absolutely kicking my butt every week. And then I'm trying to keep up with reading, which has not gone well. I don't know. I got into a reading funk and I just have had a really hard time coming out of it. Um, but we have four bonus original content movies to talk about on Hallmark Channel. We also have six books to talk about. So March wasn't a total throwaway month. April is not looking good so far. It's April 24th. Oh, my gosh. I think I've read three books this month. Oh, gosh. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Starting off, as we always do with the Hallmark movies, uh, we start with The Love Club, Nicole's Pen Pal. This starred Brittany Bristow and Marcus Rosner, as well as... I'm actually going to go to IMDb really quick because they only did basically like the main storyline, but there are other women in here. Um, this, These are like two hour long movies, but they were set up as four episodes, one for each female in the set, um, series and the group, whatever. Uh, also stars, okay, Lily Gao, Chantel Riley, and Camille Stops would be the other three women here um and one of them franco lopresti is in it it was not this one and i guess all four of them are on the hallmark movies now app but i don't have that one because i personally i've never thought it was a good app i just pay for friendly tv app and i like that one a lot more hallmark if you are listening um don't count that against me um we haven't even talked about it either but we're in the midst of the Hallmark number one fan contest, chief fan officer, $10,000 again. I did enter. I have actually heard from Hallmark. I've talked to them once. Now we keep our fingers crossed. I don't know. Might have to talk to him again. I don't know. I don't know anything else going on. Um, I'm winning it this year. It's happening. I'm speaking it into existence. I simply refuse to believe anything else. Anyway, to the love club, Nicole's pen pal. This reads, freshly engaged interior designer Nicole still wonders if the one she is meant to be with is her mystery college pen pal. Nicole and the ladies of the love club reunite and set out to track down Nicole's pen pal, sending them on a journey to a lodge in the mountains where Nicole encounters romance, uh, comedic imposters, female bonding, and plenty of mishaps. So Marcus Rosner's character, Josh, is her pen pal. The problem is he didn't actually write any of the letters. He like read the first one and then uh, someone else was writing them. And I think it has something to do, like he has dyslexia or has problems writing, something like that. So he like wasn't writing them. And when she finds this out, she's very upset because one, she gets engaged. Well, so it starts off, I'm jumping all over the place here because I'm trying to remember what I remember from it because it was a while ago now. Um, so it starts New Year's Eve. All of the girls make their New Year's resolutions. I think like they were all single at that point in time. Maybe, maybe one of them was in a relationship. I don't know. And then they cheers, you know, friends forever, take a picture and then we go 10 years into the future, eight years, 10 years, I think it's 10 years. Um, and they've all kind of lost touch. Like they're, they still, like they half talk, but like they don't really get together or anything like that. And Nicole is newly engaged. She's letting the girls know. And at the same time, she's also like, well, you know, like, is this guy the one? Because no offense, he's kind of boring. Like he's a very nice guy, but boring. And so the girls all set off uh, to help her find this pen pal because she comes across something about the pen pal. I really should have done this uh, when it first aired. And now we're almost to the end of April and I have other Hallmark movies in my brain. Um, so anyway, they end up at this inn where Josh works. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is the guy. But then over time, and he feels really bad because like everything's going great. And then we realize that he did not actually write the letters. So when she finds this out, 
He's like, oh, but I know who did. And she he introduces her to this other guy. And he's like a yoga instructor or whatever. Um, because then she's like, oh, maybe this is my pin. Like, if you weren't really my pin pal, like, maybe this is the man I'm supposed to be with, whatever. And then the real plot twist here is that that's a complete fake. He actually did not write anything at all. And Josh basically just sent her to him so that basically she could see that they're not compatible so that she would go back to Josh. So in the end, he he's like, I don't even remember who... I gave your letters to. Uh, But then, and so they part not on good terms. Oh, she had like faked being a designer or something that was supposed to be working on the end. That, that's also, and he's like, well, look, you lied. I told a lie. Like, okay, we're basically, we're, we're even on the lies, (laughs) which like, to be fair, yeah, pretty much. Um, Like I could forgive him the first lie. I, I do get her point though, being like, okay, wait, now now, not only have you lied to me once, but now you've lied to me a second time and you've introduced me like to this complete charade. Like this guy knows he didn't do anything and now I feel stupid. I get that. I do. Do I think this storyline was really fantastic? No, but I understand it. And I love Marcus Brosner and I love Brittany Bristow. Uh, I feel like Brittany is really underutilized and Marcus is finally, I think, fully out of the douchebag Nepo baby. Um, a stereotype that he always played. So I love that for him. Um, so anyway, she's leaving and he's getting ready to like take another job, whatever. When she gets a call from the pen pal, real, real life this time. And he's like, yeah, Josh called me and everything. And I remember writing these letters, blah, blah, blah. So she and the girls take off. They go to meet this man because she's like, I don't, I just don't know. Maybe this like, and I think that's where I'm just, not into the movie because I'm like, no, like this is, this is kind of silly. Um, but anyway, they end up at this house. This man is gay. (laughs) So she's like, oh, okay. Like you're not my soulmate, (laughs) which I loved. I love that. Like, again, it was just like another plot twist that I was not expecting there. And he tells her, well, Okay, because she says something about it and about, you know, how Josh deceived her. And he's like, well, he may not have written them, but everything in there were stories that he told me. Like, I I read the letters. To, like, he read all of the letters and I was just writing down stuff that he said to me. And she's like, oh, oh, wait, maybe he is. Like, yes, yes. Anyway, um, they do end up together. It wasn't terrible, I probably wouldn't watch it again. If the others were on, I would watch them. Uh, one of them, I can't remember which girl it was. If I could click on the right app here. Um, Camille Stops character, Tara. I think she was probably my absolute least favorite. I don't know. But I like this idea for Hallmark. Hallmark's been moving more towards doing these multi-part stories like or multi-part movies uh with friends groups and you know I talk about this all the time in book reviews my favorite thing when there is a series is I like to see what the other couples from the previous books are doing so I like that idea I do uh but just overall this wasn't like a totally great movie I'd give it a th- a three it's like a two and a half three yeah yeah I'm thinking about my rating there. But yeah, I would stick with that. Moving on, we have Game of Love that starred Kimberly Sustad and Brooke Starnell. This one, very simplistic with the in the checklist app. A game developer and marketing exec are tasked with creating a board game about love. No must, no fuss on that synopsis. Um, isn't it so funny? Um and I say this with all love, Hallmark. I mean, we all know I keep it real around here. Um, these are all constructive criticisms. You either give me a paragraph's worth of a synopsis, which genuinely I love, or I get one very vague sentence. And there is no in between. Um, I mean, this isn't necessarily vague, but yeah, still a little vague. Uh, let's see here. This had 79 reviews in the app. Good job. Don't miss this. Cute movie. Cute movie. Sweet. Uh, 
A Game of Love was a no-go. Okay, extremely boring movie. Unfortunately, I can't find anything good at all to say about this movie. Yikes, Jane. Uh, blah. I liked it. Boring. Don't play this game. Uh, meh. Okay. Yikes. Um, a winner. Uplifting. Not a fan. Not a fan. Those were back-to-back. Uh, cute. Not a winner. Um, not good. Different game pass. Boring. Okay. Refreshing. Hallmark tried. Um, thank God Hallmark tried something different. So tired of the same flower, vegetable, tree, fruit farms that need same thing. <laughs> that would make a good board game, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> the diner, the restaurant, the library, that needs saving. I wasn't a fan of this movie. It definitely did not keep my attention. But keep trying, Hallmark. Thank God for something different. Now try a little 1880 to 1940 type movie. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I would be totally down for that. Like, 1940s-esque. Like, 1920 to 1940, that's my preferred time period. Uh, Vicky H., uh, you're on to something there. Um, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. This aired March 11th. It's April 24th. I, I don't really remember a lot from this movie. It was a two and a half for me. Um... It wasn't bad. I, I want to start off with the positives. It wasn't bad. One, I love uh, I love Kimberly Sustad and I love Brooke Starnell. I, I love that he's getting played in more things. I think they did relatively well together. It wasn't overly big on the chemistry, though. And you know what we say, you can't fake chemistry. That didn't make it bad for me. And I also do enjoy the different plot. Yes, I agree. It was nice that it wasn't a farm that needed saving. So, um, let's see her. Her character, Audrey, works at a board game business. Works for a board game business. And they if I remember, they're struggling. So they bring in his character, Matthew. Um, he's the marketing exec. And they have to come up with a Valentine's-themed board game by Valentine's Day, really to kind of sell to keep the company going. Otherwise, like, they're going to lay off people, I think. And so Audrey, she's very driven. She's very focused. She loves board games. She's all in. He likes to really keep things really loose and try all different kinds of things. So it's very oil and water sort of combination for the two of them. And um, like they come up with this super complicated game system that does not work at all. Like they go through a test system at first and it's just not working. And then she really kind of lets go and starts trusting her team um, because she's kind of high up, if I remember. Um, like, she has an assistant and stuff. And so, like, she finally starts letting them help because they have wanted to help this whole time. And together, they, like, the, is like four of them, them at that point, um, like four or five, they come up with a solid game. Uh, but then the company, without even seeing it, they're just like, eh, we're not going to do it. And she's very heart disheartened by the whole thing. Um, and then, like, she kind of pushes him away and she pushes her team away, even though they had finally started bonding and stuff. And then I forget how it comes together in the end. Something about... Does she pull his marketing team in to, a like, a group setting or whatever and it's, like, filled with... Or, like, maybe he does... And it's filled with, like, all the people that she knows and all of this. And then they all play it, I think. I think. Um, Like I said, it's a different concept for Hallmark. Hallmark's really going in different concept modes this year. Like, I cannot wait to talk about the Spring Fling movies. I think I'm actually going to try and be proactive and start recording the April wrap-up as soon as I finish the March one. Just because I actually have everything going right now. Um, and so, yeah. So, it was a different concept. I don't hate that. Um... But yeah, it was, it was just, it was a little lacking in the chemistry. It was a little lacking a little bit in the 
plot points for me um, that it probably it's not a rewatch. But but you you know some people might like it. Some people you know some people actually really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, like it's it's not a one. It's not a zero. It's just a it's a strong two and a half, bordering three vibe for me. Moving to the final movie, I think I said four. Uh, there were four, but one was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries with Erica Durant, and I forgot that that was on. I have not watched it yet, so I need to record it. Uh, but A Winning Team, that was on regular Hallmark Channel, starring Nadia Hada and Christopher Palaha. Uh, this reads, when pro soccer player Emily finds herself no longer in the game, she teams up with her uh, with Ian, sorry, she teams up with Ian, a laid-back small-town coach, to lead her niece's team to the playoffs. Uh, 101 reviews. Um, oh, the very first one by Craig. No way. My wife and I enjoy most of the Hallmark movies and watch all of the new ones, but I am sorry to say that this was just not a very good one at all. Palaha is one of your best actors, but this small-budget movie did not allow him to truly shine. The leading lady is simply not credible and is not a good actress. Ooh, those are our thoughts. Professional soccer player is totally miscast. Yikes. Most of the cast was solid otherwise. Okay, Craig. Um, chill out. Um, let's see here. Meh. Okay. Couldn't finish. Um, not a bad movie. I like the main character or the main woman character that doesn't give up on her dream. Okay. Eh, kind of boring. Loved it. Um, I liked it. No thanks. Nope. Love Palaha. Movie not. Oof. Is the magic gone Hallmark? Eh, not great. Not one of my favorites. Well, yikes. I love soccer, but not this movie. Okay. I actually enjoyed this one. Um, Okay. Let's get the elephant out of the room here right now. Christopher Plaha's hair in this movie, absolutely atrocious. I do not know what they were going for. I think they were going for a Jamie Tart Ted Lasso season three vibe. Not the look at all. Not the look for Chris over here. Um, I thought they had chemistry. Mostly because enemies to lovers, bread and butter. That's my favorite trope. This was enemies to lovers. She is like in your face, outspoken, fiery temperament, all, you know, on and on. And so she gets benched by her team she plays in Europe and then her coach says hey why don't you take a break and go home her niece had just recently called her um and she had helped raise her niece I I think after her sister died or or sister-in-law I don't know um and so she goes home and she's like all right I guess maybe I do need to take a break and she quite literally runs into Ian and then he gets hurt so she goes to her niece's soccer game and she just thinks, you know, she's like, this is a mess. This is a disaster. They're never going to win anything, so on and so forth, and finds out that Ian is the head coach. And he's like, well, the, you know, your way is way too aggressive, way too strict. And she's like, and your way is way too lackadaisical. Like, you know, it's not fun and games out here in soccer this, that, and the other. But the parents are like, we need Emily. Like, she's a professional soccer player. We want the girls to win. And so he kind of comes to grips with it. He's like, fine, whatever. And she's like, all right, fine, whatever. I'll work with you. They, see, I thought they had chemistry because of the enemies to lovers thing. Like, I love an enemies to lovers when they just genuinely hate each other. Because I also talk about this with books all the time, enemies to lovers. It's a very niche trope because I would say about 90% of the time in enemies to lovers books, one person is just always secretly in love with the other and the other one just hates the, the first person, like totally very, which is fine. That doesn't feel like, I mean, it's not, and it's, that's not that that's not true enemies to lovers uh, because that fits within the trope, but like a true enemies to lovers trope is where they both genuinely hate each other. They want nothing to do with the other person, but it's because they secretly both harbor feelings for one another, uh, but they just like can't stand it. That's what I go for. Uh, in the end, she is considering staying and this is where I thought they had chemistry because he... Like, he looks hurt. And maybe it's just Christopher Palaha. Could be. Like, despite the hair, if that man said, like, I want you to stay, 
She's like, for you or for the team? He's like, for the team, for me, for us. If that man, oh man, and like his voice is so deep. If he were saying that, I, hair aside, you're going to say yes. Um, She like she does and she doesn't, but she does end up coming back in the end and they are together when the soccer team goes on to win. I I personally enjoyed this movie. I didn't mark it as a favorite, uh, but I would give it, see, I would give it a solid three and a half, four. I'm going three and a half, four on this. All the people are like, boring, blah, view, gross. Like, maybe enemies to leverage is just not it for most of, like, a casual Hallmark washer, but washer, watcher. Uh, but me, no, I love it. Give me all the enemies to lovers, please, and thank you. Moving over to the books in March, we are starting off with Sarah Adams. We have two back-to-back books because I finally got my hands on Sarah Adams' books. She has a new one coming out May 2nd. I cannot wait to read it. Uh, The first one I read, The Cheat Sheet, this is like OG Sarah Adams, or like not OG. This This is the one that really propelled her into the world. I guess this like went super viral on Book Talk. I found it, or I found her because one of my good book friends on Instagram that started because she bought scrunchies, April, she raves about her. Uh, so I was super excited to finally get my hands and have the time to read this book. 336 pages originally came out April of 2022. This one reads, the friend zone is not the end zone for Brie Camden, who is helplessly in love with her longtime best friend and extremely hot NFL legend, Nathan Donaldson. The only problem is that she can't admit her true feelings because he clearly sees her as a best friend with no romantic potential. And the last thing Brie wants is to ruin their relationship. But those abs. Nope, not thinking or nothing but good old fashioned, no touching the sexiest man alive platonic friendship for Brie. In any case, she has other things to worry about. After a car accident ended her chance of becoming a professional ballerina, Brie changed paths and now owns her own dance studio with big dreams to expand it. But one more rent increase could mean the end of her studio entirely. Then, as usual, Nathan comes to the rescue and buys the entire building. A stubborn Brie is not happy about it and decides to rebel with a couple, okay, maybe more than a couple, of tequila shots. Then her plan backfires as she spills her deepest, darkest secret to a TMZ reporter. One viral video later, the world thinks that the world thinks Nathan and Bree are the perfect couple. Before they can really talk about their her confession, Nathan's publicist proposes a big opportunity that could mean financial security for Bree. The catch: they have to pretend to be in love for three whole weeks. What will happen when Bree gives in to the feelings she's been desperately hiding for so long? And could she be imagining that Nathan is actually enjoying it? Sarah Adams scores more than touchdowns in this exciting romantic comedy. This book to me was like a warm hug. It's closed door. Uh, I have an unreleased podcast that I just have not pulled the trigger on yet. Uh, a co- talking about um, cover fishing where you have the cartoon cover, but then you read it. And like, if it's Tessa Bailey, you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> At a point, you're like, I can't believe I'm reading this in public right now. Uh, but it's great because it has a cartoon cover. I'm a huge fan of cartoon covers. Um, the thing it like, so then it kind of becomes a roulette game if you are new to the author and you don't know. Like, uh, it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. Like I said, had absolutely no idea. A spoiler alert by Olivia Dade had absolutely no idea because the cover is just so cute. You're like, oh, cute. Um, filth inside at times. Um, love it. But yeah, like not fit for a cartoon cover. You know what I mean? Sarah Adams, though, cartoon cover, closed door romance, um, which is great. I also love that. I, in my heart, I have room for both. Um, this was like The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata mixed with the uh bromance book club the first the first one no well just the bromance book club in general uh mixed with love on the sidelines from hallmark channel um i loved it i love this book i flew through it in a day which was good because at the time, I was just flying through books left, right, and center. Um, Brie and Nathan's relationship, so cute. The thing is, is he's also in love with her. And this is 
I, this is why I liked this one. Normally, I am not a friends to lovers person because I can't do the not unrequited love. Although sometimes, you know, until the other person figures it out, it's that I can't do the tortured longing. I like people we meet on vacation. The way I just crap on this book all the time. Even though Emily Henry's new book comes out like in four days, I cannot wait. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm obsessed. I'm oh, after book lovers, I am obsessed. But people we meet on vacation was so painful for me to read because they both clearly loved each other, but they just absolutely refused to let each other be together. And I couldn't stand the tortured longing. Here, they both clearly have feelings for one another and they both clearly want to explore that option, but they're just nervous, you know, afraid that it would ruin everything. But they're like dipping their toes in the water the whole time. Nathan's friends on the football team is supposed to be kind of loosely based off of like the LA Chargers, I would think. They're like, okay, let's come up with a plan to get you out of the friend zone. So that's where it like meets the bromance book club for me. And then because they have to have this kind of fake relationship and just it's a very slow burn um, and then closed door. It's a very Mary, like the Mariana Zapata, the Wall of Winnipeg and Me, um, even though that book's like close to 600 pages uh, and then gets very seamy for exactly one scene right at the end, literally within like the last 10 pages of the book. I joke you not. Um, it was just, it was all of that. And I don't, I guess I don't really know why it makes me think of Love on the Sidelines uh, from Hallmark, but that movie is just so well done. It's one of my favorite Hallmark movies. Um, she becomes a quarterback's um, assistant while he's injured and then they end up falling for each other. And yeah, I don't know. I super, super loved this book. Uh, laughed out loud, would read again. Like I said, can't wait to read more by Sarah Adams. We're going to talk about another one next. Um, but yeah, highly, highly recommend if you have not read her books and most of her books are on Kindle Unlimited if you have that. So that's also great, but also support your local author's we love it. When in Rome by Sarah Adams. Next book we're going to talk about 320 pages. Originally came out September of 2022. This one reads, um, oh, one of the best books by of the year by NPR. I love that. Amelia Rose, known as Ray Rose to her adoring fans, is burned out from years of maintaining her princess of pop image. Inspired by her favorite Audrey Hepburn film, Roman Holiday, she drives off in the middle of the night for a break in Rome. Rome, Kentucky, that is. When Noah Walker finds Amelia on his front lawn in her broken-down car, he makes it clear he doesn't have time for patience or patience for celebrity problems. He's too busy running the pie shop his grandmother left him and, uh, and, yeah, and reminding his nosy but lovable neighbors to mind their own damn business. Despite his better judgment, he lets her stay in his guest room, but only until her car is fixed. Then she's on her own. Then Noah starts to see a different side of Ray Rose. She's Amelia. Kind-hearted and goofy, yet lonely from years in the public eye. He can't help but get close to her. Soon she'll have to return to her glamorous life on tour, but until then, Noah will show Amelia all the charming small-town experiences she's been missing, and she'll help him open his heart to more. Amelia can't resist falling for the cozy town and her grumpy tour guide, but even Audrey had to leave Rome eventually. Now this book, not as great to me as Cheat Sheet. I still give it a four and a half. I might have given it a five. Let's check my, let's look through my Instagram stories. You can always see what I'm currently reading on Instagram um, at the top. You can find it at Sackman Studios. Okay, we're going up. Oh, yeah, I gave it five stars. Um, I said two Sarah Adams books down in four days. And what I love is how drama, uh, Oh, is how low drama for the sake of drama they are. Just a cute, fun story. A plus plus. Yes. Now that's something I didn't discuss. Maybe that's where it makes me think of Hallmark, um, because it's just very low on the drama. The cheat sheet. It was so low on the drama. Love that. When in Rome again. So low on the drama. And not that I didn't grow up watching soap operas. So I'm always here for the drama. Not. The fact that I'm a Gemini, Sun, Virgo, Moon, like obviously I'm here for drama. 
you know, sometimes you just want to read a book, you just want to watch a Hallmark movie where there's not some blown out of proportion drama because you're checking it off of your sheet of like, oh, okay, now add a drama point in here. I love that because sometimes I feel like in this day and age where there's just new books published every day. I mean, you can publish yourself on through Kindle and more. And, you know, like when it comes to Christmas movies, how there's like 43 Hallmark Christmas movies new every year. Like, and I say at some point you're going to run out of plots. Like there's only so many times you can do something new in this. But there are ways to do it where it doesn't feel like you just had a sheet of paper and it was like, okay, intro, meet cute, um, to fall in love, montage scene, drama, find a solution, and then happily ever after. Like, there's ways to go about it where you don't feel like someone was just writing something to check off a plot point. When in Rome, what, again, what I love, solo drama, um, Ray comes in, doesn't want to be called Ray. She wants to be called Amelia. She wants to just be kind of left alone. Like, she wants to be in the middle of nowhere. I've been to Rome, Kentucky. Let me tell you, there's nothing there. Um, And she loves this idea. She tries to stay out of Noah's way. And, you know, he kind of, he's the one that kind of blows that all up in the end. But, like, she bonds with his sisters. She has this moment where she actually accidentally takes a sleeping pill instead of, like, a super strength Tylenol, whatever, for a migraine. So then she gets really concerned because she's not in control of her butt and she's not going to remember. And, like, the way he takes care of her is just so sweet. Um, The background story of her mom and her manager... I love, like, that's where you had the drama, but again, it's so low drama, you're just like, okay, wrap it all up, tie it in a nice bow, we're moving on. Like, don't have to add a lot of extra pages, it's not superfluous writing, you got in, you did what you needed to do, you told a cute story, and then you wrapped it up. Um, I would enjoy seeing more, like, you know, down the line seeing them in the future. Uh, but the ending was really super cute. I love that Noah ends up coming out of his own shell and kind of following after her in a ways and just um, like realizing he doesn't have to be in control of every little thing uh, at all times. His grandmother has Alzheimer's, so he just feels very beholden to keep everything the same, at, especially after he got his heart broken. Um by someone he thought he was in love with when he lived in the big city and then they moved and all of this. I I just, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, she has a new one coming out um, next week and I can't wait. I can't wait to get around to reading it. Off the Map by Trish Dollar was next. This book I was sent uh, to read as an advanced copy uh, ahead of time. I had not heard of Trish before and I didn't realize that this book is technically at least a second, but I think it's third in a series. It doesn't specify that it's a series. I'm looking at, um, I wonder if I saw that because of the Libby app. Let me pull up the Libby app. Um, because then I did try to read the other one, at least that one. Okay, wait a second. I'm trying really hard to figure out. Okay, not float plan. Uh, you know, do I ever think to do this ahead of time? No, we talk about this all the time. Okay. Oh, the sweet spot. Okay. That was book one. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the sweet spot necessarily is a tie-in as well, but definitely Float Plan um, comes before that. But you don't have to read Float Plan to read this book. This reads, On the Road to Love, You Don't Need a GPS. It's 272 pages, came out March of this year. 
Carla Black's life motto is here for a good time, not a long time. She's been traveling the world on her own in her vintage Jeep Wrangler for nearly a decade, stopping only long enough to replenish her adventure fund. She doesn't do love and she doesn't ever go home. Uh, Eamon Sullivan is a modern day cartographer who creates digital maps. His work helps people find their way but he's the only one who's lost his sense of direction. He's unhappy at work, recently dumped, and his one big dream is stalled out, literally. Fate throws them together when Carla arrives in Dublin for her best friend's wedding, and Eamon is tasked with picking her up from the airport. But what should be a simple drive across Ireland quickly becomes complicated with chemistry-filled detours, unexpected feelings, and a chance at love if only they choose it. Now, like I just said, 272 pages. Uh, read this literally in like four hours the night before it officially came out. I gave it a five. I said I'd never heard of Trish before, but I read this in three and a half hours. Like I said, so fast, so emotional, deals with uh, parental dementia, uh, cried so much at the end, and um, have just found out it's a sequel, so I just downloaded Float Plan. You know, we've talked about this before, I think, or I've thought about it before. Maybe I've only talked about it on Instagram, um, where when you read so many books, there's like um, there's a plot point or a name or something that goes from one book to the next. So like no, you know the previous book I had read, Noah's grandmother has dementia. And now we go here, Carla's dad has dementia. It's just like there's this one little thing, or it'll be like a best friend named Will, and then the next one the main character's name is Will, and then maybe the next one the brother's name is Will. I don't know. It's It's just funny when you can pinpoint these little things that follow you from one book to the next. So, um, Carla shows up in Dublin. I, like, (laughs) she meets Eamon and they hit it off. They just, like, drink a lot in in a pub in Dublin and they end up back at his flat for the night and they're like, oh, well, I guess we're not making it there tonight. And then they end up sleeping together. Now I'm going to say, oh, like... 25 pages and 30 pages you're just like oh okay okay all right um cover fishing medium on here i mean it's another cartoon cover i would say the spice is medium here i just again having never read trish dollar before i was like oh okay all right we again we play the gamble so then the next day and they're talking about his terrible ex and Um, you know, that she travels a lot and where she wants to go and how much he would love to do this. And so then the next day they set off, but then they end up going on this off-roading adventure because it's something that he has always wanted to do. He has a Land Rover for it. He has all of the camping stuff to do it. And she's like, hey, let's go. It's on the way to the wedding, right? So they do that. And then they like camp under the stars that night. Um, Super cute. Like, love that. Then the next day they're driving and they decide to go off-roading and, oh, they don't off-road the first day. They like hike a mountain. Um, so then, yeah, then the third day they decide to like off-road and they actually like the Jeep ends up turned over and stuff and they have to get help. Um, this, it's so fast, like 272 pages. I don't know if I can quantify how fast of a read it is. There is no time for anything extraneous. You get in, you get out, boom, done. Now, they finally make it to the wedding. And it's his brother. He's the best man. And then it's her best friend. And she's the maid of honor. And they come to this moment where he tells her, like, oh, you know, what if you stay and we go on this adventure together? And she's like, look, that's not you. That's not me. Like, I want... I want this for you, but like I need to go home uh, because her father is not doing well. She finally kind of throws caution to the wind and says, I really think I need to go home. So she does. And she gets to spend her final, I think it really just turns out to be like weeks with her dad, maybe a month or two. Um, That part is so emotional. It was... It was so tiny. I mean, like, crying. I was ugly crying. Ugly tears just dripping down my face. It was so good at the end. And then Eamon ends up coming back, and she's like, I thought we were finished. She's like, I'll never finish with you. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Sign me up for that. Um, Now, on that note, so then I downloaded Float Plan, which is about her best friend and his brother and how they meet. 
This one reads, um, heartbroken by the loss of her fiance, adventurous Anna decides a second chances at love with an Irish sailor in this riveting emotional, uh, emotional romance. After a reminder goes off for the Caribbean sailing trip Anna was supposed to take with her fiance, she impulsively goes to sea in the sailboat he left her, intending to complete the voyage alone. But after a treacherous night's sail, she realizes she can't do it by herself and hires Keen, a professional sailor, to help. Much like Anna, Keen is struggling with a very different future than the one he had planned. As romance rises with the tide, they discover that it's never too late to chart a new course. Uh, course. I have not finished this book. This is kind of where um, I couldn't find a book that I really liked and I started and just couldn't get into it. Let's see how many pages Float Plan has. Because I think it's something similar. And I was like, oh, good. Just another book that I can breeze right through because this one made me so emotional. Again, 272 pages. My thing is, is um, it deals with suicide. So, yeah, the loss of her fiance, he committed suicide. And... It's just, it was so heavy with that right at the front. And I want to say that there was a trigger warning in the first page. I can't remember offhand now. Um, and I thought I would be okay with that. But I have a really hard time reading books about suicide after um, the loss of my cousin a couple of years ago. So I was going, oh, this one's like a little bit darker than I was intending. And so I just couldn't really get into it. But maybe I should give it a second chance and just pick it up from where I left off and go with it. I mean, I literally made it like 20, 30 pages. Like, I did not get far. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe I should give it one more chance and see what happens. But um, yeah, but off the map, loved. That one's so good. Not That Kind of Ever After by Lucy Adams was another book that I had been sent as an advanced copy to read ahead of time. I swear that's how I'm really getting through these books sometimes is because I'm like, they sent it to me. I have to read it so that I can review it. I gave it a three and a half ish uh, on Instagram. I said, super clever plot and love the spins of on the fairy tales, but the main character was kind of childish and her best friend's fiance was also kind of meh which made her best friend meh, and the friend, friend's lovers was kind of meh here. <laughs> so that was, that, that's my official review of that. 400 pages originally came out March of this year. This one reads, Bella Marble's life isn't what she imagined. Instead of an author, she's a receptionist at a small press. Instead of happily married, she's single, and her lovey-dovey parents are divorcing. And to top it off, her best friend of 29 years, Ellie Matthews, is moving out and marrying the heinously boring heinously boring mark he's not worthy of her no one could be bella feels brotherless only slightly soothed by time spent with ellie's not hot brother he's not hot marty oh uh, hot brother marty uh okay he's hot but also he's also the aggravating brother she never had right when marty recommends bella stop looking for the one and just have fun bella finds a new empowering empowered side of herself but when she posts a fairy tale retelling of a disastrous one-night stand on a storytelling app, all of a sudden Bella has become at B. Enchanted, and she's gone viral. Now Bella is in a fight with Ellie. Her new roommates are so deeply weird, and the pressure is mounting to find new fairy tales to write about, but she's got to live them first. I mean, plot line, when you read this, you're like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. The thought process is there. Bella though i here's the thing all of the characters felt very surface level no one really felt flushed out at the end flushed out at, when you really dig into it the overall plot you know that bella's going to end up with marty i mean you can see it right here from this it was so oddly weird like cuz he's giving vibes the whole time she never picks up on it not once but also, like, the vibes weren't totally clear to her, too. Like, I just felt like there could have been more. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're just together at the end. You're like, oh, oh, okay, sure. Um, Ellie and Mark also, like I said, they're met. Um, he says some really terrible things. 
to Bella at one point, and Ellie just stands there. And then the whole time she's like, you know, oh, please come back. I just know that he wouldn't have really, you know, he didn't really mean to say that. And, and you know, I really love you, blah, 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 all of this. Like, she finds out that an engagement party's happening and everyone got sent emails and she didn't get the email. So she's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not in the wedding. Um, and then they're like, no, that was a mistake. You shouldn't. But they never once go to her until the end, Mark does. And then he apologizes and he's like, no, you were... and. She's like, you know, I'm really sorry. Because to be fair, Bella also said some not great things about him. And he's like, no, you were right. Like, I really did do this because I was jealous of you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. Like, the thought process really there. And then, oh, that was my ankle cracking. Um, I don't know if you'll hear that or not, but that hurt. Um, I think if the characters, maybe... We needed less pages. One. 400 pages was just a lot. <laughs> um, That's a lot of pages. So I think maybe some less pages, but then a little more in depth with what we're doing. Because, I mean, she kind of alienates another really good friend of hers and he's just then gone. I, I don't know. It wasn't terrible. Like I said, it's a three and a half ish. Um would I read more by Lucy Adams? Yes. Like I would definitely give her a second chance, but this one wasn't as great as I was hoping it was going to be because when I saw the cover and I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, this sounds really good. And there was just a couple of things missing for me personally. Now, rounding out the books that I read, there were two that I did not read. Well, maybe I'll touch on those or two others that I did not finish. Uh, so really, I would have had like nine books if I could have just gotten, I just couldn't. Anyway, Only You, Samantha Young, book five of five of the Adair family series, the Adair family itself complete. Adair Highland novels, not over though. Beyond the Thistles coming out like next week. So many freaking books are coming out next week. I simply cannot wait. This Broden Monroe, oh my god, this is the one. I, this is my third favorite. Uh, I would say, okay, so out of the five, I would say, oh man, it's such a toss-up between Lachlan and Thane for who gets first. <laughs> Probably Thane and Reagan won. I just love, I love their story. Then Lachlan and Robin. Oh, but sometimes that Lachlan and Robin are number one. Anyway, we're going to stick with Thane and Reagan at one. Lachlan and Robin is two. Broden and Monroe, three. Um, Aridine, and, not Aridine, not Aridine. Um, Adokar and Mac, four. And then Aaron and Aridine, five. I really have to say Aaron's story just wasn't that great for me. I just did not love it. I didn't hate it, but like, ugh. I just wanted so much more because we have Aerie in all of the books and I was so excited to learn her backstory and it just felt very meh. But I think I remembered that Samantha was going through some things and it was very hard for her to finish that book. So I have a lot of grace for her because Samantha Young simply doesn't miss for me. Like, most of, like I would... Just bury me with all of her books. I love them. This, currently, all of the Adair Family series is on Kindle Unlimited, so I highly recommend if you still have not read them, even though I have told you every single time one of these books comes out, this is the fifth time I'm going to talk about this family. I tell you every single time, read these books. Um, 416 pages came out February of this year. I guess it took me two months to no, took, oh no, February 21st. Okay. Yeah. I, I just got to it to the end, at the end of March. All right. It took Monroe Sinclair 18 years to return home to Ardnock after a fateful night that devastated her friendship with Broden Adair. She fled her unrequited love for him as well as her difficult family life and tried not to look behind her. Only a daughter's guilt could lure her back to the Highlands and the assumption that Broden Adair rarely ever steps foot in their hometown. She can handle seeing the rest of the Adair so long as she can avoid her ex-best friend and the only man she's ever loved. Nothing is more important to Broden than family, 
and only his demons have the power to keep him from them. For years, acting was something he was lucky enough to be good at, yet it wasn't his priority. Ardnock and his siblings were. But when a ghost from his past returns out of the blue, Broden tries to outrun it. It's haunting, taking him further and further from home. When exhaustion finally forces him back to the family fold, the last thing he wants is to encounter another ghost. But that's exactly what Monroe Sinclair has been to him. When a promise to his nephew obliges Broden to work with Monroe, it forces them to face their past. The explosive connection that had always existed between them resurrects truths long buried. Yet, just when they might be on the brink of a second chance, the ghost from Broden's past finally catches up to him and threatens not just their happiness, but their very lives. I mean... Ardnock cannot catch a break. We were just really begging. And you know what, though? The family, they're good now. Sam's like, it's fine. Like, they finally, they, they can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, when we jump into Beyond the Thistles, though, we're back at it again. Um, I gave this, um, I'm just going to read the number to you. 473-204742047322 stars what I gave it. I said this was the perfect ending to the Adair family and the perfect beginning to other stories surrounding Ardnock. I cannot wait for Sloan and Walker, but Broden's redemption with Monroe. Seriously, B, you were this close to losing me. Beautiful. All the epilogues, this family, it was just the perfect ending. Okay, one, when Beyond the Thistles comes out with Sloan and Walker first, whole I... The chemistry was burning up the pages from this book. I can't wait to get their story. Okay, but Broden Monroe. So, Broden comes back and he has Walker as his bodyguard. So, very Lachlan and Mac. He comes back because, as we know, at what Thane and Arrow's joint wedding, he, like, passes out from exhaustion. And they're like, bro, you've really got to take a break. And Lachlan's like, that's it. I'm firing your manager and I'm going to be your manager now. And I'm canceling all of these. Like, you can finish these few things and then you're coming home and taking a rest. And he's like, Lachlan, you overbearing piece of it. And he, Lachlan's like, I don't care. Um, which is why sometimes Lachlan's my number one choice. Um, so they, so he's back. And, like, he doesn't want anything to do with Monroe. Aaron is trying so hard to bring Monroe back into the fold because he feels really bad about everything because, as we know, Aaron and Monroe slept together and Broden found them. And that's why they don't talk anymore. Um, Brothers buried the hatchet a long time ago. Monroe also is just, like, because she still feels really bad. She feels guilty uh, about it. She's just like, okay, whatever. Her mom um, breaks a hip and needs her to come home. So she does. And um, it's there that that's when Broden comes back. Well, Walker ends up in this bet with Broden over a motorcycle. And yeah, it's a motorcycle. And he's basically like, look, you do everything that I say or I get your motorcycle. And Brennan's like, fine. So when it comes to this, Walker is kind of doing like a little matchmaking. He's like, oh, no, he'll do it. And he has to work with Monroe on this play. And at first, Broden is absolutely god-awful terrible. Like, the worst. Like, I, I wanted to slap him. At one point, he does the, like, it's only okay in books. Cause, like, you wouldn't want someone to do it in real life, but, like, in a book, you're like, oh, God, that was hot. Uh, like, he follows Monroe, and he, like, kind of, like, pins her up against a wall, and, like, they're, arg they're arguing, but because you know it's the sexual tension there. You know it's the chemistry. And then he leaves. They kiss. They kiss? Yeah. And then he leaves. Walker, no, he's standing there. Like, Walker comes in, pulls him out, and then he's like, if I ever see you talk to her like that again, I'll quit on the spot, and I'll beat you up. He's like, I don't even know her, but like, I will never <laughs> talk to you again if you do that. Um, oh my God, I can't wait to read Walker. <laughs> I'm so excited for his story. So then Broden's like, shit. Um, he's like, I, I messed that up. You're like totally right. So then he tries. He and Monroe come to a couple of agreements on things, but then things really start 
piecing together for him and he realizes how badly he's messed everything up so he goes to her and um he's like well i'm gonna take care of this and she's like you know i don't need you to take care of me and he's like well you've always been mine to take care of and this is the first day for the rest of forever that i'm not gonna mess it up (sighs) god just imagine like a big like i don't know like six five scottish man like bearded scottish man with muscles saying that to you I'm unwell. I'm unwell. So, um, so yeah, so then he really has to prove himself to Monroe. Um, and yeah, like they end up together. But then the epilogues, as Samantha does every time she is a reader author. I say this every time I talk about a Samantha Young book. She gave us an epilogue for every single couple. <laughs> I was crying because Thane and Reagan finally get to have a baby of their own. This is something that I have literally obsessed about since their book because as we know, Thane is a single father. His wife has passed away and Reagan, who is Robin's younger sister, ends up coming and then ends up becoming his nanny and then they fall in love. I know, like in real life, would I like that trope? No. Um, But here, oh my god, it just works. So it was kind of in the book that like he didn't want to have any more kids. And I was just like, really? Like, really? You're really not? Like, Reagan would be such a, like, she's already such a good mom to LA and Lewis, but like, you're really not going to give her her own baby. Um, and like with every book, it wasn't happening. So I was like, all right, Sarah, just give it up. It's not going to happen. But no, she's pregnant in the epilogue. And then like, she doesn't tell Thane, um, cause she's worried that he's going to be upset about it. And then he's like, why would you keep this for me? Like, he's so cute about it. Like he brings out Ailey's, um, uh, crib and oh, like bassinet and stuff and then he brings her in and then she's like oh my god you know and he's like well I was listening to your conversation with Robin she's like okay stalker <laughs> he's like well I knew something was happening he's like why would you keep that from me and she's like um you literally just said you'd never want to go through that again <laughs> and he's like oh yeah right and uh he's like no I'm so overwhelmed and thrilled about this like oh my god it was so sweet. Um, yeah, and Aaron and Ari end up getting married. Again, they're just... They, I don't want to say they were the throwaway couple for me, but, like, it just was not dynamic. It was not the same dynamics for me as every other one. That's what it comes down to. It just wasn't the fiery passion. I mean, like, Arrow and Mac, that unrequited love, like burning up the flame. Lachlan and Robin, enemies to lovers, chef's kiss, enemies to lovers. Thane and Reagan, opposites attract, I guess. I don't even, I'm not even entirely sure. Forced proximity because she ends up living in his house, but like in her own annex. I don't know. I would think opposites attract. Grumpy sunshine, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely the single father thing. Um, Yeah, but like, oh my God, the passion right there. Broden and Monroe, friends to lovers, but also, like, um, oh, oh, there's, like, a special, there's an actual word for it, as I want to say reconnected love. What's the, second chance, second chance romance, friends to lovers, also a little bit, like, enemies to lovers in a way. I just, the passion was there. Aaron and Ari just didn't really have that for me. Um, but yeah, this series, 10 out of 10, million out of 10. I love it. Like, this is why I want to move to Scotland. Samantha Young has ruined me forever on Scottish men. Like, I'm I'm obsessed. I'm just convinced that my soulmate is a Scottish man living in the Scottish Highlands. And nothing will convince me otherwise until I go. And I would be devastated if it turned out not to be true. You know what I mean? I'm just, like, really pinning all my hopes and dreams here. And I really got to get working on that because I'm almost 35, but that's not the point. Now, quickly... Like, I really would love to end it on a high note, but let's talk really, really quickly on the two books that I did not finish. Two other books. One of them, unfortunately, was a Samantha Young book. This is the first time ever 
ever. A Cosmic Kind of Love. This was her book out from last year that I just never got a chance to read. Uh, 416 pages came out in October of last year. This reads, when event planner Hallie Goodman receives party inspiration material from the bride of her latest wedding project, the last thing she expects to find is a collection of digital videos from Darcy's ex-boyfriend. Hallie knows that it's wrong to keep watching these personal videos, but this guy is cute, funny, and an astronaut on the International Space Station to boot. She's only human, and it's not long until she starts sending emails and video diaries to his discontinued NASA address. Since they're bouncing back, there's no way anyone will ever be able to see them, right? Christopher Ortiz is readjusting to life on Earth and being constantly in the shadows of his deceased older brother. When a friend from NASA's IT department forwards him the emails and video messages Hallie has sent, he can't help but notice how much her sense of humor and pink hair makes his heart race. Separated by screens, Hallie and Chris are falling in love with each other, one transmission at a time. But can they make their star-crossed romance work when they each learn each other's baggage? So, the book wasn't grabbing me at the beginning, which, like, this is the first time this has happened with a Samantha Young book. And I mean, you know, we're all do one. Um, wasn't grabbing me from the beginning. So I kind of, like, skipped around a little bit. And I kind of got a little bit of the gist of part of the middle. Um, this is, I I think, like, a very slow burn for her. This is on the scale. Samantha Young can basically do it all. Um, I mean, like, we have... Um, hero which is like above 50 shades of gray not in the bdsm way but just like spice like content um and then we have much ado about you and that falls on the complete opposite spectrum where it's just a little bit but not a lot um like like mostly closed door just like one or two scenes this falls into that so very much more contemporary romance mostly you know safe safe to read in public without being like oh my god I can't believe I'm reading this in public right now um and that's not a problem for me like I said I, I have room in my heart for both and like I love Samantha Young but this book it didn't grab me from the beginning and then I I got the crux of the situation in the middle and then towards the end so I feel like I know everything that happened in this book a part of me kind of wants to put it down as that I read it but I know that I didn't um this one was just this this just wasn't it for me um I would love to have the time to go back and try it again right now that just hasn't happened for me the other book would be I'm not even sure I have the right no that's not the yeah, the play. I was right the first time. Uh, the play by L. Kennedy. This is like the first month this year that I have not talked about an L. Kennedy book. Is this Hunter's book? Making sure. Yeah, Hunter. Um, this was book three or four of Briar U. I just kind of petered out here at Hunter's book. And then there's one more. Total newbie. Don't even know this guy like from the team anything yet. Uh, this reads, what I learned after last year's distractions cost my hockey team our entire season. No more screwing up. No more screwing, period. As the new team captain, I need a new philosophy. Hockey and school now, women later. Which means that I, Hunter Davenport, am officially going celibate, no matter how hard that makes things. But there's nothing in the rule book that says I can't be friends with a woman. And I won't lie, my new classmate, Demi Davis, is one cool chick. Her smart mouth is hot as hell, and so is the rest of her. But the fact that she's got a boyfriend eliminates the temptation to touch her. Except three months into our friendship, Demi is single and looking for a rebound. And she's making a play for me. Avoiding her is impossible. We're paired up for a year-long school project, but I'm confident I can resist her. We'd never work anyway. Our backgrounds are too different, our goals aren't aligned, and her parents hate my guts. Hooking up is a very bad idea. Now I just have to convince my body and my heart. I really wanted Hunter's story after the whole Fitz and Summer relationship. You know, like, I felt really bad for Hunter. We don't really see him a lot in Brianna's book um, in the second one. I... I'm still of the opinion that Briar off campus far superior to me than Briar you. The OG four, Garrett, Logan, Tucker, um, Dean. I just was like, oh my god, um, they're they're iconic. They are the moment. the The second Briar University, which could also just be part of off-campus because they live in the same off-campus house 
So I don't really quite understand it. Um, with Summer and Fitzy, loved that one. That one still felt very off campus. That was the first one. And then we had Brianna and, uh, or not Brianna, sorry, Brenna and um, Jake. I, I like that one. Um, I like it, even though Jake went to Harvard and not Briar, but that's not the point. Um, but then we have Hunter. I don't know. It just, it's just not the same for me. And I got about, oh, how many pages is this? Uh, let's see here. 422 pages. I got about, I don't know, like 150 pages in. Then I kind of skipped around a little bit. Maybe I didn't get 150. Anyway, I got a decent amount of the way in. And then I just kind of skipped around and then I read the end. So again, I feel like I read the whole thing, but like I didn't read it. Um, but yeah, those were the other two other than float plan that I started kind of looked around and then got to the end and I was like, yeah. And then that just like really set me up for having a really hard time getting into books into April. But I still like, let's, let's just like really end this on the high note of only you by Samantha Young, because like, so it makes me want to reread them. But I'm like, I have like four more arcs that I have to get through in like two weeks. <laughs> and that's it. That's everything in the March recap. Very super late here towards the end of April. Man, this week is packed in podcast land because I didn't realize until today uh, that I had not released the Ted Lasso episode six review recap. Um, so that came out. So this will come out uh, in a couple of days. And then we still have um, Ted Lasso episode seven coming up, which hopefully I'll get done and actually get that posted on Friday, like I was supposed to do with the episode six recap. Mm, yeah, anyway, it's okay. We're fine. We're going to be okay. I think I'm just going to go sit here and start on the April recap now while I'm thinking about it. And yeah, until next time, remember, there are no bad hair days. Don't forget uh, to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Sockman Studios. Let Hallmark know that I am their number one fan. Hallmark, if you're listening, hi, hello, please, please call me and tell me that I won. We had a great chat, but now if you could just call me and tell me that I won because I am it. I'm the most dynamic person. I know this from the bottom of my heart, and um, I know that we would do so many great things together, and I can't wait for it to happen, so please call me. I'm literally speaking it into my phone. I'm not even joking about that. Um, yeah, please call me and tell me that I won. That would be great. Yeah. Anyway, I'll see you guys later this week with more Ted Lasso. All right. Bye.